1: All right, hour two of drive time with Derusha Henry-Lake in for Jason with Charlie Weiss. We haven't touched on any sports items in the opening hour. We have a few that we'll get to here between now and 6 o'clock. A programming note, Steve Thompson in for me this evening from 6 until 9. But the first you know, sports thing that I want to get into um, here right now involves college football. Okay, and it's not involving the the Minnesota Golden Gophers because, well, they're not a part of the college football playoffs. And I'm not saying that I delight in that yet. <laughs> they're not a part of
2: it yet, Henry. Next year's our year, right?
1: Eventually, it's going to come, right? It'll it'll happen. We'll roll the boat all <laughs> the way to the CFP. Yeah. Oh yeah. But I do want to talk about the college football playoffs because I think that there's something that um, is worthy of conversation. Um, something that I think. Is not okay that some that that look at college football are expressing and saying, and I don't think it's fair to to one school in particular. All right, so the college football playoff will end up being four teams that will be the semifinalists, and then eventually the finalists in the championship game to win it all. Okay, and as it stands right now with the current uh, CFP rankings, it is Georgia. Michigan, Washington, and Florida State. Now, clearly, there's a lot that's up in the air because this is Championship Weekend, right? We've got Big Ten Championship. Michigan is facing uh, Iowa. Mm-hmm. They're like favored by like 23 points. There's no way Iowa's going. Iowa can't score, so they're, they're not going to beat Michigan. So that's Michigan's going to be in the College Football Playoff. Yeah. Georgia's facing Alabama, so there's some question about who's going because that's a it's a pretty even matchup there. I think that Georgia wins, but a lot of people are on the Alabama um side of this, right? I think Georgia's favorite maybe like by six points. I mean
2: Alabama's still an incredible team. Anything can happen in that
1: a- game. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. And so and so and the reason why that's such um a situation where people are looking at that game is because well number one, it's Alabama facing Georgia, Georgia's back to back national champions. And if Georgia was to lose, it would be their first loss on the season in the SEC championship to Alabama. Okay. So there are people out there that believe that if Georgia loses, they still should be in the college football playoff. First loss on the season, they lose to Alabama roll tide. Mm-hmm. And then people are saying that well if Alabama, who's only lost one game, and that was to was it to Texas? I think it lost to Texas. Yep. If yes. they were to lose if they were to win that they should jump into the top four. So there's there's a lot going on with that SEC game in itself. Then we have Washington. They play tonight. They have a big-time Pac-12 championship game against Oregon. Washington's undefeated. 12-0, most people are saying that if Washington loses and Oregon wins, Oregon should go because then they would only have one loss – Washington would have one loss. They both beat each other, but Oregon wins in the championship game. Okay, which I could see that being the case. But then it comes down to the team that's slotted number four right now, is Florida State. Florida State is in the ACC, one of the Power Five conferences, Um, but it is the the easiest of the Power Five conferences. I'll let me particularly this year. Yeah, especially this year, they're undefeated. They face Louisville tomorrow, and if they face Louisville and beat Louisville, which many people are – they anticipate it, but we're not really sure because the backup quarterback – so Florida State's got a lot going on here. Their starting quarterback is out for the year. Yep. The backup quarterback is hurt. It's – they're not sure if he's going to play or not. This is the backup now. This was uh, doubtful, I think, was, was the term used recently. Well, this is from two hours ago. The news broke. Yep. FSU spokesman um, stated that FSU was working through the process with quarterback Tate um, Rotomaker, and they'll see what that means for tomorrow. He left the game briefly last week after a late hit to the head. He will be a game-day decision. So there's a possibility that Florida State goes into this thing and they end up facing Louisville with their third-string quarterback. Okay, second or Thursday, whatever. It's going to be a backup quarterback, yep. regardless. This is what I what I what I have a problem with. Are the national pundits out there, like Paul Feinbaum, and I, and I like Paul Feinbaum, right? That say that Florida State, even if they beat Louisville, and end up going undefeated, there's no way they should be in the college football playoff. They should not be one of the top four teams because in his mind, in other people's minds, Alabama, even if they win or lose, they're better. Uh, That that Michigan is not going to lose. But even if Michigan was to lose, they should get in. This is the problem that I have. How in the world can you keep Florida State out if they end up going undefeated? Because it's the philosophy of the
2: of, of what is the college football playoffs, right? Is it truly, which is what the, the head of the committee said last week. He said, I want the four best teams, the four absolute best teams. Can you really say without Jordan Travis that Florida State is one of the four best teams in the country?
1: Yes. Really? Yes. I don't think so. I, well, I
2: understand them saying not because
1: they're not, I mean... I understand what you're saying, yeah. but this is the point that I'm trying to make. And I love some reaction at 651 461 9226 This is my point. I think it's unacceptable to discriminate against a power five team that's undefeated and did all that they were supposed to do, and say at the end of the year, after they go undefeated and they win their conference championship, that they're not included because of this player not being available. I don't think that that's I don't think there's a place for that in college athletics. I, I really don't. Because you said a couple things. You said team. Now, do I think? Do I think that Florida State, if they played Michigan or or or, or Georgia in the Coswell playoff, would they get crushed without Jordan Travis? Absolutely. That team and that program earned a spot. They earned their way. Whether now, it's not up to us mm-hmm. to say that they will or will not get blown out. We have an opinion about whether they will or not, but it's a team thing. Why would we harm their program and all those players, those student athletes and team? Because we look at them and we think they're lesser than because their their starting quarterback is out. If the team wins, the team wins
2: in I mean, spite of that. I mean, they are lesser than because the the quarterback is out. That's fine. Absolutely. But if you keep, if, but if you if you continue to win, you should keep your spot. Yeah. No. So here's the thing. I I agree with you in that that realm, right? Mm-hmm. I, I think that you absolutely. You played the whole season for this, right? This is why you play football. If it's just going to be the four best teams, why do you need to play more than three weeks of a season? There's really no reason. By three weeks into the season, you can see, okay, these guys are pretty dang good. These guys no, are pretty dang no, good. No, no,
1: sample size matters. You got to, you can't, you can't, you can't do it. That sample size matters. You got to play months. You can't, I, you can't just go through. That's why you pay, play an entire season.
2: I I think that you can tell who the good teams are though. I think you can you could pretty easily
1: find that out. and I'm not no, saying No, that's not true. It, no? it, it, with conferences as big as the Big 10, mm-hmm. you're saying they only play four games and you know? I think if you play You have got a lot yeah. of more ranked teams. There's I think more if you than play like three or four a mix teams.
2: of of opponents of those. Obviously, if you're playing mm-hmm. four FCS schools and you're Michigan, then no, you're not going to find out a whole bunch. Well, that's
1: that'd be impossible to do because if if within big conferences with multiple teams that are ranked and then on top of that, a non-conference schedule like Alabama—they—they—they—they—they they, 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 um, they lost to Texas, right? Yep. Texas—is that an SEC school as it stands right now? No. All right then. So so Not so, quite yet. so so the sample size has to be bigger. But my, my overarching point, though, is we always talk about doing right by student athletes. We'd be doing wrong by them here. Yeah. Like if Florida State is going to get blown out by teams because they don't have their quarterback, then prove it. Let, let let's see it. What if Florida State? Well I I tell you I give you a perfect example. You know who ended up didn't didn't Ohio State win a national championship or BCS championship with their backup quarterback? Mm-hmm. Was it was it Cordell Jones? Uh it was uh yeah, Cordell Jones. Cordell Jones came yeah, in and yeah, yeah, yeah. he st- Did they win a national championship that year? Yes, they did. They, I, I know they at least made it to the championship. I think they might have won it. I believe they won it. That's a perfect example right there. Yeah. I think it's very unfair for us to do that. If you'd like to weigh in, 651-461-9226. We have that. And then we also got an update with the Derek Chauvin situation that just came across recently. We get to both. Coming up next year, Henry Lake in for Jason DeRussia.
3: All-star closer, Kenley Jansen. We have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? I know
1: that the SEC is the best college football conference in the country, but I'm sorry. I'm not sure that this is the year where Alabama and Georgia both get in if Alabama ends up defeating Georgia. I just don't see a case, if we're talking about being reasonable with looking at the college football playoff, if Florida State ends up taking care of business tomorrow and being undefeated, they deserve a spot in the playoff six, five, one, four, six, one, nine, two, two, six. Let's start with Steve. How you doing, Steve?
0: Hey, Henry. Good. How about you?
1: I'm good. What you got?
0: Hey, good, good, man. Well, I just want to say that I completely, uh, you know, I, I do agree completely agree with what you're saying. Uh, it might, and I would take it a step further that what I don't like about what we're hearing is that uh,
1: it,
0: it, it's, I think it's, Obviously, it's bringing the sub- subjective element into the equation. When you start talking about player injuries, I think it's a slippery slope too. Because you know, are we going to start talking about a left tackle being fifty percent? Are we going to start talking? It, it's just going to. It's. I think it's bad for the game. Mm-hmm. And it goes back to your point. That the, this college football playoff there should just be a rule that. No matter what, an undefeated team and a power five should get in. But And I think if you don't do that, then you're going down a slippery slope. And player injuries, I mean, it could go crazy. Um, and then you could be jeopardizing player health because some of these athletes might be hiding injuries and whatnot. So and, and, this is the, and, and,
1: and thanks to the phone call from Steve. And this is the bottom line. Like, who are we to say that this team, even though they're without a star player, that they're not worthy – because we don't know what the second-string quarterback's going to do. We don't know what the third-string quarterback's I mean, they put themselves in a position because of being a team, right, to 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 be in that position, to be worthy of of, of being a part of the college football playoff. I mean, I, I just don't I, – I would hate to think that we would look at them and on the surface downgrade them because – and I don't care if the person's a Heisman Trophy candidate or not. I, I don't. Yeah, I mean, because that's one. Like people will look and say, "Well, the star player is gone." And what else? Like, like there are other pe- there are other people that are a part of the program, and they've got you know um, a really good a really good coach. Let's go to Eric. Eric is called in. They want to weigh in on the topic. What's up, Eric?
3: Yeah, you're you're right on on Florida State for two reasons. One, they're playing in a Power Five conference. They're they've run the table. If they win, they've run the table with the people that they have on the team, which means they've clearly recruited well. So if they're recruiting well and they've got that kind of depth, great, let them play. They also have a defense that may step up and start playing harder or do different things, and you can't discount any of that. They've, they've done what's been asked of them, and you made a point about Cardell Jones at Ohio State, who was the third-string quarterback mm-hmm. when he came into play. He was mm-hmm. the third-string quarterback, and they won the national championship. Now, the people around him also stepped up and did better things. Absolutely. they can work. Absolutely. Everybody like, will like, step like, up and like, pick up the lowest common denominator, and they'll pick him up.
1: Like, 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 like when you look at when you look at a Florida State, they've got this like first round pick whiteout. I can't remember. I think it's like Keon Coleman or something like that. Like who. We don't want to see him in the college football playoff? Of course we'd love to see him in the college football playoff. I just don't think that we should be um, doing this to college athletes. And you know what when this first became a topic years ago, I'm not if, you, if if you, or sure if you remember this, Eric, but I remember this topic came up with the number one overall seed in Cincinnati with Kenyon Martin. Remember Kenyon Martin ended yeah. up breaking his yeah. ankle and that conversation came up and everybody was like, well, Cincinnati, they should no longer be the number one overall seed in the NCAA tournament. How dare we do that to the to the?" young people that worked their butts off all year long
3: because the team was not just Kenyon Martin the team was everybody else that was there that was also maybe not quite as good but could probably still carry the water for everybody
1: yep hey thanks to the phone call from Eric I, I that's that's my take on it too I appreciate the phone call from Steve and Eric and I think that when you look at this right of course we want to you know in theory we want to see the best four teams right? People said last year, what was the complaint that we got with the uh, with everything last year? At the end of the day, TCU. Oh gosh, they got they got exposed. Uh, they made wh- the championship. What was the t- was TCU good enough to beat Michigan? I I know that my bank account feel real good with TCU defeat Michigan. As a matter of fact, let's just say that uh, your boy is room for Washington tonight. Who's plus three hundred? Big Penix guy. Are you? How could you not take that? Plus three hundred. That's they're both good. Te- I mean, but that's, that's the, such but, a thing where anything can happen. Yes, in that game. but between Why the mo- yeah. between, and they yeah, and they yeah. won the earlier matchup, yeah. right? Between the mon- between not? the money line with that, and also getting ten. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. All right. Uh, coming up next, we have an in studio guest, uh, and we'll keep the conversation having to do with college athletics, but this time it involves basketball. In McAllister College, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll hear from the head coach and one of his star players coming up next year on the Lake Show. All right, we go from the college football playoff into talking a little college basketball. McAllister College Basketball men's head coach, Abe Waterlassi, and standout guard, Caleb Williams, joining us in studio. Thank you guys for being here, first off. What's going on, Coach?
4: Hey, doing great, Henry. This is uh, exciting for us and and myself and Caleb, and just uh, really excited to be here today.
1: Caleb, how you doing, man?
5: Great, man. I can't can't wait to talk to you about the great season we're starting to have.
1: Let's talk about that. And I'm going to start with you, Coach. First off, um, for the listening audience out there, they know that I'm a basketball, junkie basketball geek, whether it's uh, talking to – to Ben about what he's got going on with the, uh, the Golden Gophers or any coach out there. This is your first time coming on this show in studio. You've been on the show before, but in studio here. Um, just tell us, everybody, about uh, you being the head coach at Macalester College.
4: Yeah, yeah. and uh, How not, many years? Yeah, man, this, this is year six, year six. I got my hair cut today because some of the, the grays started coming to the sides. <laughs> but but uh, I'm so grateful to be the head coach. Uh, you know, I graduated from a cal in 2008. So, uh, played there, graduated, and then uh, coached on the – just a baby. I was, <laughs> I was on the East Coast for uh, about eight years and then came back in 2018. So, uh, every single year our winning percentage has gone up. And uh, I want to give a big shout-out to our associate head coach, Connor Nord, uh, he's been um, s- uh, such a huge part of our program and has helped us get to where we are today. So,
1: All right, one of the reasons why I want to have you here is because a, a lot of times we don't often um, recognize some of the smaller institutions because we always want to give love to, you know, talking about Big Ten basketball and all the bigger conferences. But we got, <laughs> this is a state, as you well know, with a lot of good basketball players, right? And you're doing a, a good job of recruiting, you know, guys beyond just the, the, you know, the perimeter of the Twin Cities. And that brings us to this guy that's in studio with you, Caleb Williams. Um, talk about how you ended up landing a phenomenal talent in Caleb.
4: Yeah, again, I want to give a, a shout-out to Connor Nord. He's uh, the first one that found him and, um you know, Caleb's a, a special talent. You know, first off, we have to start with the academic pedigree, right? Making sure that students can get in. Absolutely. And then you figure out the basketball side and stuff like that. But uh, like, you know, Caleb said, he's from uh, from Wisconsin, you know, just the, the bordering state. And um, without a doubt, uh, a diamond in the rough in some ways, right? Like in a smaller town, maybe didn't get as much shine as he deserved and um, has been uh, more than what we ever could have imagined, uh, even though we thought he was going to be a great player. So uh, we are extremely grateful he's here.
1: You know... Caleb, you became a person that got on my radar when you just absolutely went crazy against the University of Minnesota Golden Govers at the barn. Just talk about what that experience was like, kind of being introduced to a lot of people in the Metro on a basketball stage, just having the type of game that you had.
5: Yeah, I mean, I knew going in it was going to be a great opportunity to kind of show on things, all the things that I've worked on my whole life, really. And um, growing up as a Badger fan, I don't know if I'm allowed to say that on air, but I had a lot of disdain for that Gophers team, <laughs> and so it was uh, it was definitely a fun experience to go and kind of play them like I'd watched over the years growing up. And um, I knew that when preparation meets opportunity, that's when hard work shows through, and so mm. I was confident going in, and it worked out for us, yeah. Uh,
1: and and it really worked out for you because on the big stage at the barn, you scored 41 points. Is that is that the biggest output that you've ever had in, in terms of uh, college basketball, forty-one points. Or you, have you scored more than that?
5: I, I think that might be my career high. It's it's been. I've had a couple games around that mm-hmm. n- around that number, but uh, I definitely had it going that night. And so, uh, luckily, uh, my coaches gave me the freedom to keep uh, lighting them up. So that was that was the game plan. And
1: are you saying it was purely because <laughs> you don't like the Gophers? <laughs> no, no. I mean.
5: <laughs> Even if I liked the Gophers, I would probably try to score 41 points anyway, but uh, <laughs> it, uh, it was definitely even more sweet in that sense. But um, ever since I moved to Minnesota, I've become a big Minnesota sports fan, and mm-hmm. so my hate for the Gophers has gone away over time, and I do like watching them on TV all the time. As long as they're not playing Wisconsin, we're all good.
1: I got you. All right. I, that, that makes some sense. Um, <laughs> What was it like sitting on the uh, on the sideline? You're drawing up plays and you're you're watching. You know him knock down shots. What was what was that like for you? You know
4: sometimes as a coach you just get out of the way, right? When a player, especially like Caleb, is just able to create his own shot at any time, uh, you don't want players overthinking. So we talk a lot about. You know we have principles in our offense. We we have some plays, but it's more teach players how to play, and then coaches need to step back and and let guys go to work. So. Uh, you know, a unique game, right? Like, at that level, we, we don't – at our level, we don't see guys like that size you know, mm-hmm. across the board. Yep. But, uh, you know, as, I, I th- Williams Arena is, I think, over 100 years old, or it's around that. And, you know, Caleb had – the highest scoring ever there was 45. Right, Scott Skiles had 45 points. Mm. Um, when he Scott Skiles,
1: Michigan State, shout out.
4: Yeah, Scott Skiles had – as an away player, so um, just to, to be in that. And, like Caleb said, he put in the work, you know, like I, I think – I don't get any credit for that. You know, he did all the work, and his players got him open, his teammates and all that. So uh, just a special night, and not just for our team, but for our whole community. You know yeah. that, was, that was the first time McAllister's played Minnesota in a hundred years. I was,
1: I was going to say because that, that's I mean that's a big deal. Pe- people yeah. that are listening maybe don't understand that, but like for you guys to get that opportunity that that is a big deal. Yeah,
4: it, do, it doesn't happen every day, and, mm-hmm. and I want to give uh, a big thanks to Ben Johnson and Dave Thorson because those are the two that really made it happen. And you know they didn't have to do that, right? They got a lot of schools reaching out to them, and thankfully they gave us that opportunity. And I like to think you know we made the most of it.
1: All right. Uh, how do you feel about your squad and your institution in your conference in the conference play? How do you feel about uh, the season that uh, you've been embarking on?
4: Yeah. So right now we're four and two and uh, one and one in the conference. So still really early. You know, we played twenty conference games total and one and one. So we got eighteen games left. So mm-hmm. uh, I would say this is the first year where, uh, I, you know, I think we're the favorites in the league, and and so with that comes, uh, you know, people are coming after us, right? And and we got a lot of good teams in our league, so uh we are very excited you know we had a, our center is, is unfortunately out for the year with a knee injury so we've had to adapt a little bit how we're playing defensively but uh we've got all the offensive firepower and all the talent you know to to make a great run this year
1: you know it's interesting because your your most recent game you defeated uh St. Olaf yeah, and sir. um did. And, and and my guy I don't know if he's listening I coach Kosmoski who I've known for a long long time going back to his days at the University of Minnesota um that's the head coach he's longtime head coach at St. Olaf uh you 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 snuck one out, so so you got you got to tell me how did that play? Did you did you, you yeah. told you talked to him before the game, and you gave, you told him that I well, I needed I, to hear from him, right?
4: I, I did. I, I said he uh, he said you owe him a call, so I'll let you guys. He you owes know, me a call. I'm sorry, he owes you a call. I take it back. <laughs> I take it back. I take it back. My fault. My, yeah. he, he does. He does. Yeah. He owes you a call. But you know, when I was a kid, I used to go to Clem Hassan's basketball camp every summer. It was like the Absolutely. highlight of my summer. It was over at St. Thomas, mm-hmm. and this was in the mid '90s when you, know, you had Bobby Jackson and Sam Jacobson and John Thomas and Miles Tarver and. Trevor Winter, and the list goes on. Yep. And and Coach Kosmoski was the camp director. Absolutely. Right, at those camps, and so me growing up as a little kid, I wanted to be like a Bobby Jackson, right? I, I saw them, and and uh, you know, little did I know that you fast forward almost twenty some years, and uh, now we're coaching against each other. So uh, this is, like I said, this is my sixth year. It's Coach Koz's thirtieth year at St. Olaf, and um, I, I cheer for him every game except when we play him. So.
1: Yeah. No, I'm the same way. It, listen, th- the bottom line is. I came through the camp as a kid, right, like going to the University of Minnesota, you know, basketball. And then eventually was working Coach Haskins' camps, Yeah, right? Yeah. Like that, that's super dope. Being in the dorms with the kids and stuff like that at St. Thomas, that was, that was an amazing experience uh, for me. And I think about it every day. And it's so funny because I was um, – uh, I sent a picture to, to Brent Haskins yeah. um, last month. I still got some of my play hard stuff.
4: Oh, man. I'm telling I, you right I, now. We, 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 I we got actually, like
1: playbook stuff <laughs> and I still got like my, my, my actual like the, the the shirts.
4: Yeah. I'll tell Caleb we used to so they, they used to have these play hard shorts. It was like the, the big thing back then. And so we actually had uh, one of my coaches on our staff now, uh, Gabby Ramos, his senior year when he played for us, we made play hard shorts. So we kind of brought a little bit of that to McAllister. And so I don't have my, my, my go-for-ones, unfortunately, but I still have my evaluations from when I was in fourth grade and fifth grade and sixth grade. And, you know, the camp coaches do those evaluations. I still have those. So um, so for me, and I told our players this, you know, what, what they were able to do playing on the on Williams Arena, that was something I dreamed of that I never got to do mm-hmm. that they did. And, and it was an honor for me to be able to coach there.
1: Talking to uh, McAllister men's head coach Abe Watalassi and standout guard Caleb Williams here on Newstalk A3L WCCO at his drive time with DeRussia. Uh Caleb, just talk about your experience right now as a, as a student athlete because I think the environment that everybody thinks about, um, all we see is oh, NIL and all, all this stuff with the, with the big D1s, right? And you hear about all that stuff, whatever. Talk about what your experience is like as a student athlete.
5: Yeah, I mean, the day-to-day, it's really some days it's school first, man, because if you don't got the grades, you can't be on the court. And so – Finding ways to balance your your schedule and time management skills are super big at like a d three program, especially at a high academic school um, one thing i 'll say is you really depend on your 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 family and the basketball team to get you through the rough days because there 's going to be a mm-hmm. lot of lows and if it weren 't for those guys man i don 't know what i 'd be where i 'd be right now and so it 's really just trying to find ways to appreciate practice every day, every moment you spend with the team, despite what 's going on outside of that and I think that's something that's really underrated. I think that's at all levels and um but I think that's something really special about McAllister in general is we're really a family and um yeah uh, they're great guys uh what year I'm a senior academic wise but I'm a junior eligibility wise okay so um what do you uh what are you studying um a mathematics and physics double major so like these he's smart on.
1: kids man all we hear about is uh lately uh, quarterback from the Vikings we hear about um Joshua Dodd's being the, the pastor or whatever right <laughs> now and, and, and now you're this mathematician that that's awesome
4: like I just want to say one thing I want to give Caleb uh, his, his props and do uh he's the first in the history of mcAlman's his basketball he's the first academic all-American last year so he oh, had wow. a, over a three nine yeah more, more people need a you know for a, a lot of parent I'm not a parent but for a lot of parents who have young kids that they, they want their kids to grow up to be like Caleb Great student, great athlete, double major, and uh, without a doubt...
1: Wait, did you say 3'9"?
4: Maybe 391, 392. I don't want to say. You tell.
5: I, I don't know. It's like 393 right now or something.
1: 393.
5: He's he
4: being it's, shy. Man. You better brag about that. <laughs> higher than his coaches was. I'll tell you that. No doubt. But
1: man, that's something to brag about.
4: But but to be able to manage that academic load. You know, McAllister is a, a top 25 liberal arts college in the United States. Right? Like one of the best universities in, in, in our country. And so for him to manage. And, and, and truthfully, not just Caleb, but, but all of the guys on our team. Right? Mm-hmm. To be able to manage that academic load plus the basketball load. Uh, it's not easy. It's not easy, but uh, it's worth it. And all of that um, that toughness and endurance they're building now, it's going to carry with them you know, the rest of their lives.
1: All right, so, Caleb, I'm going to put you on the spot. Looking forward, uh, even before we we get into uh, throughout the season, into the spring and into the summer. This is what I'm going to need. <clears throat> um, have you talked to Coach about my ice cream?
5: <laughs> I, I, haven't, I haven't heard he hadn't the told story. You, he
1: had, you haven't heard the story. Okay, so I, I have an ice cream flavor. That benefits um the children's hospital. And coaches, you know, he's he's bossing. Well, awesome a supporter. Cream. He he's supporting. Oh, okay, okay. But this is the deal. This is what I'm saying. Is next year when we do the um the giving campaign yeah. and we give out ice cream to, you know, the patients and to the family, stuff like that, I want Caleb Bear.
4: Hey, I would I would love that he's there. Should we we could bring the whole team?
1: All right, the more the merrier. When, when, when is it? Uh, we'll figure that out. I mean, okay. we, we, got, we, got you, we got to get through the winter first. Man. I know,
4: I know, I know. You, you let us know when it is. Because you know I live right over by the, um, the one on Hennepin, the uh, Sebastian yeah. Joes, yeah. Yeah. right off of Hennepin. You're uptown, you're uptown. Yep, I'm right, right uptown, over there. Bro. So uh, I'm going to keep supporting, and, and, and our t- McAllister's coming, so you let us know.
1: All right, that sounds good. Uh, best wishes uh, the rest of the way. I know you're going to crush it. I know you're going to have a great season. And, Caleb, uh, thanks for coming to the studio, man, and continued success to you as well. Yeah, I appreciate you. All right, take care. That's up. McAlister men's head basketball coach, Abe Lassie, and standout guard, Caleb Williams, here on Drive Time with the Russia. We'll take a break, come back, wrap up the hour. We'll do that next. I tell you, man, how awesome is that? That uh, Caleb Williams not only has he – he's got game on the court, Kids has got a three nine three
2: in, in physics and
1: math. I mean, this is that's insane. Man. We talked about well, what? did we talk about last hour? Investing in the future and education and all that. This just got a three nine. Three. just double man, major and brag about it, Caleb. Uh, I mean, that's awesome, dude.
2: I can do <laughs> half a minor and play, you know, college athletics. That, that would be undoable oh, for me. That
1: is awesome. That that's awesome, man. Um, and you know, I. He put up 41 against your Gophers. How about that? Oh, I know. I watched him. Oh, you, oh, you watched. Oh, him? yeah. Oh, I watched that game. Mm. I'm, uh, He's got some game. Yeah, he was because he, he was made, made else he made he made like SportsCenter or or yeah. like with one of the one of the shots that he well, made. It was just night. like they weren't playing bad defense. It was just
2: uh, he couldn't miss, mm-hmm. and his shots were incredible. I mean, it was over top. It was fadeaways. It was whatever he wanted. It was just it was all his talent. And it wasn't even the Gophers playing bad, which can happen. But uh, this was not. This was his talent was was that good.
1: I do want to mention this, and, and we'll get more information from Laura Oaks at the top of the hour. But but I, I do want to mention it here because I thought we would mention it a little bit earlier, but we got to some phone calls. Uh, we do have a little bit more information about the Derek um, um, Chauvin information, uh, situation that happened. Um, what was it, last week? A federal inmate was charged today with attempted murder. OK, in the November 24th prison stabbing of Derek Chauvin, the former Minneapolis police uh, officer convicted of murdering George Floyd. Uh, it sounds like a federal prosecutor say that John Turzak, right? Or ter- I think it's Terzak. That's
2: something along those lines. Laura said Terzak.
1: I yep. Think so. Yep. Stabbed Chauvin 22 times, 22 times in the law library. Uh, this, the report that I'm seeing from Newsday, other outlets are reporting on it as well. Um, at the Federal Correctional Institution in Tucson, Arizona, with an improvised knife. He told correctional officers he would have killed Chauvin had they not responded so quickly, prosecutors said. Mm -hmm. And regardless of how you feel about Officer Chauvin or Derek Chauvin, however you you view him, because I don't think that people – view him in a positive light, Probably he's not serving most. his time. And I don't think that anybody – well, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to say anybody is endorsing this because there are clearly people out there that are happy. Some people are celebrating this. I mean, it's just, just – stop. Don't do that. that just, that's unacceptable. Yeah. The, 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 he's serving his time for what he did. Um, he should not be sentenced to death. Uh, because he's in some – because he's serving time for what happened to George Floyd. We it's, have a
2: rule of law in this yeah. country, and it is going exactly according to plan until that happened. Exactly. exactly. what was supposed to happen. He was in the law library. He was you know, doing what you do in prison, trying to get out of prison. I, that is the rule of law, and
1: vigilante justice has no
2: place in that.
1: Uh, he's very lucky to be country. alive. 22 times? That's yeah. what got me. Th- that That's what got right? me with the yeah. story that broke, too, and I, I know that uh, – that Laura will bring it up here at the top of the hour uh, in her news update. But, uh, but yeah, no, Derek Chauvin's lucky to be – and I, I think according to um, um, a story that you saw, he's still hospitalized, I believe, right? I think he is. I, think I that, believe I, so. And I believe he's still hospitalized. I mean, well, it, you would
2: think so. 22 – it was serious, very serious injuries is what they said originally, and I believe that's still the case. Um, so, I mean, how could it not be with 22 stabs?
1: Yeah. All right, and then the other thing that we should mention here before the top of the hour break – is uh, Representative George Santos has been expelled from the House, which I say, yes, th- that should have happened. And I know that it came up yesterday on Drop Time with Russia, and I know that Jason had had mentioned he was like, "Well, does it really matter at this point? You know, we're we're almost at the verge of we're, we're going to be you know voting for new representatives and new leadership and all this other. Yeah, it does matter be- because, and I said this to Jason, um all fair yesterday and and we we both kind of he kinda, we know we both kind of laughed about it but I'm I'm being honest about it is at the end of the day um it's never too late to do the right thing it's never too late to do the right thing and they did the right thing here by expelling him now it, do 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 I think that he is going to now all of a sudden come out and start trying to throw um his Republican colleagues under the bus and start airing dirty laundry. Who knows? What do I think that he is above that? No, I don't. I who's to say what George Santos is going to do. It's going to be interesting. Once, once he's – well, he is done, but it will be interesting to see how all of this plays out.
2: And I mean it matters in the context of if you do something wrong, you should be punished, right? That is that is how we run our society. If you do something wrong, yes. you have consequences. In the, the scope of politics, does it matter in much? Probably not a ton. Yeah. But it matters because this is – I mean, these are the people that we're supposed to look up to. These are the people that we elect to represent us, and they should be held to that highest, highest of standards. So if we're not going to do it with them, who the heck are we going to do it with? Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I agree that it it matters in that context. I also understand what Jason is saying. I imagine he's saying "Eh, then
1: it doesn't matter that much. I, I, I think it does matter, though, in terms of us as Americans having confidence that when people do the wrong thing, um, that they will be reprimanded they will be held accountable cuz when we talk about life in general holding we got to hold people accountable mm-hmm. and 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 this is and people may disagree with this but think about this from the perspective of okay George Santos him bringing up and trying to air dirty laundry for um other republicans you know what i would do if i'm the other republicans that he's trying to expose or whatever it's george santos he lies about everything. Yeah. Unless he's got, like, evidence that he's willing to sh- – like, I would be like, I don't care. Like, that's the thing that you throw in everybody's face with George Santos is he's a liar. But he's so going to gonna- headlines. Yeah, yeah. But, but at the end of the day, you're going to believe him? Everything that he ran on was a lie. So now he's trying to throw us under the bus? I don't think that that's going to go over well. No. At the end of the day. All right, uh, look. Coming up next, final hour of Drive Time with DeRussia Laura Oaks. She kicks off the the 5 o'clock hour, as she always does. And there's an interesting place that I think that we would like to get to. I'm going to mention it to Laura to see if she'd like to go. We'll do that next year. Henry Lake in for Jason DeRusha.
3: All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time?